Hi, and welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm an ADHD coach, and I am passionate about supporting individuals who are impacted by ADHD and executive function skills. I started this podcast so I could share research, tried and true practices, as well as my own experiences in the hopes that it makes your life a little more ADHD friendly. This is episode 28, and this is the last in my series of three podcasts on what I call the big three executive function skills. And they are metacognition, which I covered in episode 26, emotional control, and I talked about that in episode 27, and today I'll be focusing on working memory. And working memory is one of my two absolute favorite executive function skills, which may not make logical sense because it's actually my weakest executive function skill. But I found that because I've always had to support it throughout my life without even understanding what it was or why it was weak, I've turned it into something that I have a ton of tools and strategies for, and it doesn't get in my way because I embrace the tools that I need to better support it. So as I shared last time, I've been, sh- I've been talking about executive function skills through the work of Peg Dawson and Richard Ware that they shared in their Smart But Scattered series of books. Highly recommend them. I find them really, really um, easy to read, great concrete examples of some strategies and tools that you can implement to support yourself. So I just wanted to share that resource with you in case you haven't heard the other podcasts. Um, Today, again, I said I'm going to be talking about the big three, the third being working memory. I call them the big three because if any of these three, the metacognition, emotional control, and working memory are impacted, they have a domino effect on all executive function skills. So it's really important to support these three. So all of the other ones are able to be better able to show up when you need them to help you to reach your goals every day and throughout your life. I always begin with the definition of the executive function skill and the definition for working memory is it is the ability to hold information in your memory while performing complex tasks. And my go-to example for this is mental math. As you solve a mental math problem, remember it's all in your head, you're not writing it down, you need to be able to remember the numbers in the problem. You need to remember the procedure needed to solve the problem. Are you adding, are you subtracting? And then you have to know where you are in the process. Have you just finished the second step? Have you finished solving the problem? Where are you in that process? There's a lot going on when you just think about doing a mental math problem. So keeping in mind that there are limits, and this is for anybody's brain, there are limits to the capacity of your working memory. There are limits to the duration of your working memory, how long you can hold that in your mind. And there's limits to the focus of your working memory. If you're holding something in your mind and something else pulls your focus, you're no longer focused on what you were holding on to. So people can typically hold four things in their working memory for 10 to 20 seconds. That's it. Unless we process it in some way. So either you tell someone about it, you do something with it, you write it down four things for 10 to 20 seconds. I think of those four things as fitting on a mental post-it note. You might be able to write four things on here, but if a fifth thing comes in, it's going to push that fourth thing off. You can't hold more than the capacity of your mental 
post-it note of working memory. My working memory is impacted. So instead of four things, I can hold one to two things. That's it. It takes a lot of effort for me to hold those things in my mind. So I am diligent about getting it down somewhere. I use post-it notes all the time. Mental post-it note, actual post-it note. It just works for me. I write things down. I stick them where I know I'm going to see it, whether it's on my mirror, in the bathroom, on my phone, on my to-do list, in my dashboard of my car. So I don't forget if I needed to do something on the way home, like pick up one of my kids, I will, I put them everywhere. I have people get in my car and like, what is that? I'm like, oh, that's my, my note to remember to pick up my daughter (laughs) after school. If I don't put a prompt in front of me that I know there's no way I'm going to miss it, my working memory does not support me. I always say that doesn't show up in my future to my support my future self if I don't put something down to remember it. So I just wanted to share a couple of strategies to support working memory. If this is a wor- a weaker executive function skill for you, the first is tools that modify the environment. And these are all going to be visual. Remember, our brains are wired to be able to really use visual tools to support ourselves. So if you need to bring something with you, maybe you put it in front of the door so you can't even open the door without picking it up. That's one of my go-tos. If I need to take something with me when I get up in the morning, I'll put it in front of my bedroom door. If I need to take something out of the house with me, I'll put it in front of the door of the garage. Putting something visually in front of whatever I need to do is one of my absolute go-tos. It's the easiest thing that I can do to remember that's what I intended to bring with me. Again, I I shared how I will stick post-it notes on my dashboard of my car if there's anything I need to do while I'm out in my car and literally will write down, pick up one of my kids because if it's not part of my normal routine, I have a very good chance of getting home and realizing I forgot to go that way and pick them up on the way home. The other uh, visual tool that I use is when I charge my phone at night, and I've been doing this for years, I will plug it into the charging cord and I'll stick it in my purse. It's going to charge, so I don't have to worry about it. And I'm not going to forget to take my phone with me in the morning because it's already in my purse. So I just unplug the cord and I go. That's a visual cue. The other set of tools that can support working memory are involving modifying the task with checklists. Checklists are essential. I always, when I'm working with clients, like to highlight if pilots use a checklist, we can too, right? We might know everything on the checklist, but the checklist just makes sure that nothing falls off. Nothing inadvertently gets skipped or forgotten. The best working memory tool is a checklist. So whether it's on a whiteboard, whether it's on a post-it note, whether it's on a to-do list notepad, Writing it into a checklist so you can go through and check it off is essential. The next way to modify a task is to build it into a routine. So it might be you have an existing routine that you're going to add something to. So my example here is I wanted to fill the dog food bowls in the morning after they finish eating in the morning. So it was done 
and would make it easier for me to feed them at night without having to still fill, fill the bowls and then feed them. So I realized that when I brew my coffee, it takes about a minute for it to brew. Filling the dog bowls only takes 30 seconds. So when they finish eating, I put the dog bowls by the coffee maker and I just go about my morning. I'm not going to forget to make myself coffee. It's a absolute solid part of my morning routine. When I go back to make the coffee, food bowls are there. I push brew. I take the bowls. I fill them up perfectly timed. My coffee is just finishing up when I get back. It's part of the checklist, part of the routine. And I tied in the visual prompt too, by putting it in front of the coffee maker. So again, work with what you know works for you. Invite your brain to ask yourself, what would help me remember this? Holding information on your working memory mental post-it note requires energy. Your brain is working to hold on to them. Outsource it as soon as you can. Free up that space so if something else comes across your dashboard, you're not worrying about something falling off. I always say I'm calmer if I've written it down because now I'm not going to get agitated when somebody calls me or somebody comes in and asks me a question. That can create some agitation for me if I've already got a full working memory post-it going on in my brain because I know I'm going to drop something off if I don't have a way to outsource it really quickly so I can hold on to it. We have to remember not to memorize the list. Use your tools to get it out of your head and into something that you can move forward with. One additional resource I want to share as I'm wrapping up is Peter Doolittle did a TED Talk. It's from 2013. It's on working memory. Really, it's, it's, I think it's like nine minutes. It's short. It's to the point. It has great examples in it. And he's just really well-spoken. So the way that he talks about working memory is just easy to process and access. And he has an exercise in there that I think really is well done that helps you experience what it's like to hold on to information and take other information in, literally using your working memory and, and how things can fall off. The quote that he says that I want to share with you is, we process what we process, we learn. And if we aren't processing life, we're not living it. And that's all about working memory. So that's it for this episode of the ADHD friendly podcast. I always strive to do my best, but I know that part of the process includes making mistakes. So if I shared something that didn't resonate with you, or it was just plain wrong, please let me know. And as always, if you like this, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, ADHD friendly podcast, and follow me wherever you listen to this podcast. Until next time, tally ho.